Hello and welcome to episode one of SR Fitness 365 podcast. Um, this series is all about guests, so I've got someone I'm going to bring on. Um, we're just going to have a general chat about fitness, diet, um, mental health and his experience within football. Um, his name's Kieran Sadler, he's currently at Doncaster. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Kieran, how are we, mate? Hello. Hi, mate, you all right? Good, thanks. Good, yeah, thanks, good thanks, bro. Well, thanks, obviously, first of all, for coming on. I appreciate you giving up a little bit of time to come on here. No worries, man. No worries, no. Um, yeah, pleasure. I just wanted to obviously bring you on because I suppose we should introduce you in terms of how I know you. So we, we go back a little while now, don't we? I think my first recognition was through sort of mutual friends and stuff. And I think it was one summer when I worked. I worked in the gym at the time, I think. And uh, I, I think you didn't have a club, so you were trying to keep sharp, weren't you, looking for a club? Yeah, what what gym was it? I don't was, know if I'm allowed it... to say, am I on here? I might get done over. Nah, it's, yeah. it's correct, I think it was, maybe. Right back in the day. Yeah, maybe. I think, Probably yeah. Yeah, but I'd, I'd seen you at uh, like gatherings and stuff because you went to a different school, obviously, yeah, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, so, I think I'm a little bit older me, as well, but... a year or two. Yeah, I think you're a year older or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember thinking to myself, you know, he's been at a pro club and stuff. So if I sort him out a few passes, he might owe me a favour down the line. And here I am. Reaching out to you to get you on the pod. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it was, a, it was a long time ago, actually. I think I must have been maybe, where was I? Was it West Ham or Peterborough? I think it was in the maybe? middle of the two. I think it's yeah. sort of subject straight away. But, maybe I'd yeah, just come, just, I just come I just come back from Scotland. That yeah, was it. I think it was something along them lines. You were looking, looking out for a club yeah. once, so I think you reached out saying, look, yeah. need to do a bit of gym work, keep sharp and that. Um, and then I, yeah. I think you went to Posh, you know, at the time. Yeah, I, I went. I was at West Ham, and then I went to Scotland for about five, six months, and then I left there. And then I decided, I was yeah, I was clubless, as you say, and I got my own trial at Peterborough through uh, mutual friends that played in the team uh, at the club. And yeah, <laughs> well, um, signing there, we'll touch so. on your career in, in a little yeah. while. I think. First of all, obviously, we're recording this at the moment um, during sort of COVID time. How how was that for you at the moment, not playing and stuff? Um, strange, obviously. I think strange as it is for everyone, really, in all aspects, like all kind of jobs and industries. Um, it's a bit more strange at the fact that we don't have a clue. Like in the Premier League, for example, and in different countries, you might you'll know at least when you're going to start training mm. again. But our training date has just been pushed back constantly, and they still haven't reached a decision on whether we're even going to return and resume the rest of our season or not. So, um, so I suppose at the moment, well, you're at you're at Doncaster at the moment, aren't you? In League One, so it's a little bit up in there. Obviously, League yeah. Two have decided yeah. to to call it a day until next year. I think mainly financially, and mm-hmm. I suppose you're in that borderline now where the difference of going to the championship for a club is, is massive isn't it so it's kind of a little bit of limbo yeah like there's yeah there's a bit of a split in the league league one there's some teams there that don't really financially don't want to carry on without mm. revenue coming into the club and they don't really see a point in carrying on mm. this gain and nothing to lose um and then there's obviously so-called bigger clubs in the league, your Sunderland's, your Ipswiches, 
who have got the money and want to carry on, and they've got uh, they've got they they have an interest in playing on because they could get promoted. So there's a bit of a split. So at the moment, that's where there's confusion, and there's going to be a you vote apparently at uh, some point. I don't know when, but um, and we're just waiting. But the yeah. more it go, the longer yeah. it goes on, the less time we have to finish the season by the end of July. So, uh, which is the cutoff point for us. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. But you just gotta Those, yeah, that, that keep fit. To kind of there's no excuse really. There's nothing else to do anyway. So, what I do in terms of like the fitness side, and I suppose the main thing I wanted to touch on is kind of have they helped you out in terms of how how and what they wanted mm-hmm. to do, or have you just took it upon yourself to keep active? Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, we've since the day we uh, were told that we were going to be in uh, well off training, we took really? a bit of gym equipment home from the gym at Doncaster, the training ground. Some of us took some stuff. Um, yeah, just small like, dumbbells and stuff like that. Uh, and we've been given a program. We get set a program every Sunday for the week commencing, mm. and um, we've been doing that. And we just get new programs sent through. Uh, They've varied. They were some of them were harder than other programs at times where we were rumored to be going back. And then the longer we mm. knew that we'd be off, they eased down a bit the programs. And now they're kind of just resuming a, a level of fitness, ready to go back in if if we do. But uh, I, I do a lot myself anyway. I go for runs on my own. I, I come up with stuff to do at the park or football and yeah, I think like like a lot of people at yeah, the moment yeah. they've looked to do different things like going out on bikes or um going on longer runs, like mm. maybe picking up stuff yeah. that they may carry on when lockdown is eased and they can yeah, use them as new hobbies. Uh, especially as the weather's been great, it's it's been good. So um to be yeah, fair, I, 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 don't, I don't I don't mind it. I follow you okay, on Strava uh, and stuff with so. Strava friends. As we put it, giving each other kudos. I see, I see some of your because it maps obviously what you do and stuff. And whereas everyone's going for sort of a, a round route of a run or whatnot, I just see up and down yeah. the field for you where you're obviously doing your sprint work and stuff. It looks a bit funny on the old maps, but um, but no, it's good. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. so it's interesting that yeah. are they, do they touch on much in terms of nutrition and that, or are they pretty pretty happy for you to just keep keep active and, and use your own initiative in terms of eating the right foods and stuff. Yeah, so normally if we were, if things were normal and we were back in training, we'd really? be, I think every four weeks we'd get body fat tested. Um, yeah, and if you're, if you're in a certain percentage, or we don't do percentage, but if you're in a certain, like, I don't know, kind of whatever you call it, then you'd get a fine. Like if you're above, I think a lot of people do it percentage wise, but we don't, we do it uh like so for example you yeah like millimeter millimeters or whatever of uh the calipers mm. and stuff i don't really know much in, into it like that side of it Love but it. i just know i have to keep it on the like a below a certain really um, score in, yeah you otherwise you get money but in terms of like percentage and stuff of wages, and, what we talk yeah about. you'll be in Ah, oh, nothing, nothing too big, quid. like just the odd, like 10, 20 quid, like a lot of money, but yeah, it is, it's a lot of money, but like, I, I know what you mean, like, 
percentage of wages you hear in in the Premier League, people getting fined two weeks' wages for doing stupid stuff like mental stuff. But nah, it's not as strict as that. Like we obviously we can't we can't be doing things like that. But um, yeah, like ten twenty quid for getting fine for being above on your body fats. Mm. But that's that's your job. Like you you're paid to look after sure. yourself and to perform at the highest level as an athlete. So. It's kind of it's you. You kind of have to take care of yourself. So uh, to be fair, the boys, the boys are good. I'm, I'm good. Everyone's good in the team. Like he might get a few go yeah, up well, and down. We're not but talking Sunday league. Someone's there performing on the pitch. Like it's fine, it's your really. Job and your livelihood. Um, you've got an element that you need to look after yourself. No. Nah. I will bring up one story that I'm sure you. Yeah, it's your livelihood. Yeah. Um, we're talking yeah. maybe last summer or the summer before. I remember speaking to you about mm-hmm. uh, you had a, a little bit of a mental time out in America, didn't you? And what happened when you come back? You did a little bit of drinking, didn't you? You got tested. Where was? You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I had, so, but I hadn't. I hadn't had a break for. I hadn't had a holiday or a break from football for eighteen months straight because I did a full season in Ireland. Where, as a lot of people may know or may not know, that Ireland league is different. You start in January and you end in November, and you have a mm. A one or two week break right. in June, July. But apart from that, you you play straight through. So, whereas in England, you'd start in July uh, and you'd finish in May. So, I think we're, they call it a summer league over there. So, what I did is I played a full year for Cork. And then in January transfer window, I moved to Doncaster and I played the second mm. half of the season at Doncaster for in the English, in League One. But then we also made playoffs and got to this, and we were in the semi-finals, so we had an extra two games. So we were in for an extra few weeks, which may not sound too like too bad, but sure. it's a lot for when you've been training and playing for so long, and you start picking up injuries, and and their level of intensity suddenly went up when I joined Doncaster. It was it was difficult, but so yeah, I, I, uh, me and me and my friend <laughs> went out to America for three weeks and. Yeah, we, it was a good time. We kind of just let, let our hair down and, yeah, I came back and body fat wasn't great. But that's where you have pre-season. You have six weeks to, to get fit and I, I easily worked it all off. And it was easy to get rid of, like, for the amount of training that's and crazy. stuff we do. So, no, mm-hmm. it was a... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but you, you, have, that, to, that you have to find a level. Like, so, for example, like you, you finish being, your, oh, the end super, of season, you have your yeah. end of season um, break. Do, do you get kind of told, you know, come on guys, like look after yourself a little bit or is it a case of, look, go do what you want to do, it's your holiday time and then we'll sort out when you get back or do they expect you to kind of keep a, a little bit of an element of fitness up? Yeah. No, I think nowadays, uh, maybe 10, 20 years ago, I think lads would have, obviously before I played football like as a professional, lads would have gone away, got really, really unfit and come back really unfit and you'd, you'd hear stories of them throwing up in, in the runs and stuff but nowadays to be fair it's different like um, boys look after themselves they instead of maybe going on holiday for yeah. five, six weeks that well what we get off they would go on holiday for two, three weeks and then they'd go with a personal trainer for the for another three, mm. two, three weeks and they'd make sure they're ahead of the game when they come back for pre-season but it, it's, it's kind of what People's bodies work differently, don't they? As you as you'll know, like it's what you can you can do. Like so, 
personally I go away I mm. take two three weeks off in that case because I played for so long I took three four weeks off and um, just completely mentally and physically forget about sport and then you just get back on it and crack on and uh, I always like to come back fit of course yeah you see it you gives you a head start so and like give, pre- catches the eye in pre-season the, like you say it's so, almost um, like a competition who can come back fitter yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like it is like it's your livelihood and your job. So, and I'm I'm quite a competitive person, and there's a lot of competitive people in sport, and they see it as a challenge to who can be the fittest and who can yeah. perform the best when they come back for the preseason games and the runs. And I think it's good. It's good competitive. Sure, no, like, most definitely. So I'm I'm going to try um, put myself. Yeah, in so everyone's now different. Because me growing up playing football, like I used to dread preseason. Like everyone dreads that first mm-hmm. session back. Now, obviously, I play football at a completely lower level, as you know. But in terms of pre-season, yeah. I look forward to it because I know I'm one of the fitter ones in the team. Um, and I like to see other people suffer. It's just a part of being a, a trainer or whatnot. Yeah. But for you now, like, tell me about day one. You turn back up for day one pre-season. Yeah. What, what do you expect to happen? Um, to be fair, do you know what? It's not a lot of people say pre-season oh, and they dread it like proper dread it and they're like oh it's hot it a lot of runs in the forests and things like that and I think people don't like it's the, the yo-yo test. tests and uh, like the bleep test and stuff like that but yeah we do like a yo-yo test like a Nike spark yo-yo test thing which isn't it's 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 not as bad as people say it, make it out to be I just think a lot of people's perception of running mm, long distance running is it's like it's not it's boring in there it's like it's tedious but when you're competitive or and you're fit you enjoy it so but um no day one day one we'd we'd come back we'd all come back into the training ground get training kit and everything like that see the boys again and then we'd do normally it wouldn't do much we'd do testing just um testing of like your body and uh, jump tests, um, maybe squat tests, things like that. Mm. Just things like just see how your body is and what condition it's in. And then second day, third day, you'd probably crack on and start doing a few runs, a few light really? runs, and just work your way into it. The balls might be out a little bit. Like the balls, the balls are out from day two normally now. They used to be not out for the first two weeks, but um, everyone likes to incorporate a ball now because the style of play is changing. There's more pass like more the balls on the floor more um and then yeah it, gradually you would normally we would go away so i think we'd do testing for a couple of days and then we flew to spain la manga for a week um for some like a warm weather training and it'd be tough out there we'd be doing runs uh but it, it's more game specific so big areas less people in bigger areas longer minutes to cover uh, agility, all sorts of things. Um, the hills and stuff. Not so much like the forest runs that people used to do anymore, where it's grueling and that. We don't really mm. do that. We work to a certain point, making sure the intensity is high. Um, it's tough. It is very tough. Uh, for me, obviously, I came back, uh, body fat was a bit over. So I was up at half six, seven o'clock in the gym and doing swimming before. The boys had breakfast. Just to get yourself back and on I was, the level. So I was doing three sessions a day instead of two. Um, that just to get myself back in the level. And it, to be fair, it, I yeah, was only yeah. in 
I was only doing that for a couple of weeks and I was sounding down. It sounds like it's changed a lot. Like, like, my old man, especially, like, he reminds me, he but, reminds um, me every day that he could have been a pro and he was a pro at, uh, at like Woking and stuff like that and he was a Chelsea boy and stuff. <laughs> and he used to tell me about how they'd, they'd literally get stood yeah. on the scales and if they weren't a certain weight, the bin bags would be on and they'd be doing laps of the football field and then they'd weigh in again mm. and if they're not a certain weight, they'd be back out with the yeah. bin bags on and stuff. It's yeah. mad, isn't it, how the game's changed? <clears throat> yeah, old school. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's not... You, you do get the old, the old, old school mm. coach, manager, but... Yeah. Uh, that do things like that. And it, it's, it's good to see, like, it's funny, but... Um, no, everything's quite like, like yeah. kind of planned now. Yeah, everything's planned, and there's different drills. And in terms and of um, now, so. like positioning and stuff, no, it's all right. Obviously, it's not bad. certain players need to have you, you'd think a better level of fitness. You know, your wing backs now and, and your wingers and stuff, you, you tend to think they'd be the fitter people in the team. Um, do they have like different training for, for different positions as such? Um, yeah, like if basically we do like a, a general session, um, and then you can you'd stay after the boys that want to improve on certain aspects in their game, different positions would stay after out and work on things. You'd maybe pull one of the coaches and go, Look, I want to work on this or that, mm. and they'd go away and work on it with you, crossing maybe for wingers or shooting for strikers, and midfielders might do passing and. Uh, fitness wise, fitness wise, we all kind of roughly do the same. We wear the GPS and the heart rate monitors, and we've got the sports conditioning, the sports science lad there monitoring it all. And we get a chart put up every single day of everything we've done high really? intensity, meters covered, your heart rate. We get all of that's covered, and we have it. We have a pin board, and it's all posted up there. For example, in games, in matches, like I would, I'd always look at how many meters I cover and my high intensity I always look at and how many high intensity runs and uh, I do as a winger and normally f- me as a winger so the, the two wingers and the two fullbacks in our team at Doncaster mm. we'd do a lot of high intensity running and we'd cover a lot of ground so I would roughly I'd say on average last the season right now I do in a game I'd cover eleven and a half thousand uh oh, so I say yeah about eleven eleven and a half kilometers a game. So do it's you quite find big. yourself being twelve sometimes sometimes, sometimes sometimes like, I do twelve K a game. You know, if you're if you're having a bit of a bad game, at least you know you can think, oh as long as I do a few more sprints than that, at least it looks like I'm trying at the end of the game when you look back on it. Yeah. Nah, to be fair, there's there's been times where I've thought in games, I thought, oh, I don't think my my uh, meters covered would be up there this game. I don't think I've done that much running. But then you go and look at the chart and you're like, oh, I have done a lot of running, actually. I am up there. And I think maybe that means, well, maybe I'm just fitter and I feel more refreshed and more energized mm. and I don't even realize I'm covering so much ground. Maybe I can do even more. Um yeah, I think there's some obviously like there's some some kind of players that would just cover a lot of ground, work really really hard, not really touch the ball loads and have much effect on the game, but they'd be there covering space and helping out their fullbacks and things like that. I'm more of a ball player, but obviously there's the other side of the game where I do work hard and my stats, like for example, meters covered, show that. So 
Um, What's that like with the lads then? Yeah, like, it's, a big, it's a big part of the game now. There's a bit of banner flying about if, if someone's not quite pulled their weight in the game and that. Uh, yeah, there'll be a few, a few well, comments on that. Does but, he tend nah, to look at them, slap himself and go, look, um, you know, you've done well in nah. this game or, or whatever it may be? Yeah. Yeah, like the the gaffers check the stats. Him and the assistant, uh, they'll get a they'll get that sheet of paper delivered up to his office, and he'll he'll be checking the stats, and he'll bring it up in the in the team meetings. We'd we'd have team meetings every single day, video analysis mm. every single day, looking at our games and what we can improve in improve on. Sometimes our training, we get our training videoed, um, and we'd look at other teams as well. Um, Right now, so he's on there, stuff is he? on Strava, the gaffer will be checking that right now. Uh, I don't know if he's on there, but he'll get sent it all by our sports conditioning coach, and they'll be making sure we're we're staying in good condition. Um, everything's monitored to. So obviously, to anything like that a, can be tracked, obviously line. can be improved yeah. and stuff. Do they do they look at um, your runs and say, look, we want to get you to X X kilometers over a course of a, a game, or is it kind of just as long as you're pulling your weight and you know it's it's effective? Game, you're doing all right. Yeah. To be fair, they don't really concentrate too much on like how many kilometers I'd run. Like they don't really. They they're more interested in how many high intensity runs or mm. acceleration decelerations. Sure. How many how many of them have I done? Because it's my position specific stuff. Uh, and if I haven't done that, then they'd be like, look we need to take you away after training on Monday or Tuesday and top you up because you haven't done as many as you, you should do. Uh, they take you in the gym and go, look, we need to work on your first 10 yards of acceleration uh, or your turning off your left or your right. And you go and work on those things. Obviously, you have to want to do that as well. But as, as someone who wants to improve, of course, you want to do that. So um, you want to be the best you can. So, yeah, like it's all very detailed. You're monitored a lot. Um yeah, it's not as strict as it. It's not mm. strict or anything like that. Like you're there, you're there to learn as well. So, not just like pick up a wage. You're there. You want to improve and you want to go as far as you can in the game because it's only a small career. Mm. You retire at the age of what thirty-five yeah, got, or got like, look after on average, I think. So, in that sense, you want to do as well as you can. It's crazy, wicked. So, obviously, in, in, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I'm in. We we talk a lot about the eighty-twenty split. So. 80% of any improvements that you make within your fitness, whether it be weight loss, weight gain is all, yeah. is all kind of diet based and, and through what you, uh, what you eat, not necessarily what you do in the, in the gym and stuff. Um, how much is that? Have you seen that change in terms of yeah. when you started out your career, say right when you were, a, you know, a scholar or a boy at, um, at West Ham, right through to kind of where you're at now at Donny. Mm-hmm. Food wise. Um, when I was younger, when I was at West Ham, I used to live in Diggs. Really? There was about 20 of us that lived in a massive, great big house down in London, Essex, kind of East London area, a place called Romford. Um, and we, not going to lie, we used to walk to the shop and really? shouldn't have done really, but we didn't really know any different. We used to eat crap all the time mm. because we were young. We didn't affect us at all. Like in training, we'd go and train every single day and we'd run it all off and and we'd eat, we'd eat the, the proper meals. We'd eat the breakfast at the training ground. We'd eat lunch at the training ground. And at West Ham, we had the England, we had the chef who was yeah, the current England after. chef. So 
we had the best of the best, like in the cafeteria and in the food that mm. we were looked after in that department. There was nothing you couldn't have. Uh, and then when you go home, we'd have food at the digs where I lived, which was great. They had done everything for us. But it's just like the snacking and things in the evening. Go and buy sweets, chocolate, fizzy drinks, and you'd watch the football with, with your mates and that. Um, as I've got older, you obviously start to realise that you can do the exercise still, mm. but you don't necessarily Definitely. burn it off as easier as, as, as when you were really young, as when I was like 15, 16. So now my diet has changed a lot from that, to be fair. I don't snack on those sugary foods and I try and replace them with better foods, more nutritious foods. And uh, we have a nutritionist at the club now at Doncaster. I think most every club would have a nutritionist and um, she'd come in and she'd basically put us, give us guidelines really? of the That's way crazy, we should it? be eating position specifically. Goalkeeper, goalkeeper, goalkeepers would be very different agile, to wingers, for example. Yeah. Goalkeepers, you've got to be agile and stuff, but yeah, you want to be bigger. So you want to feel the goal and stuff. Obviously you do get slimmer goalkeepers and stuff that are more agile, but yeah. So they'd be on a different mm. program to me and a different eating regime to me as well. So, um, now, I watch my diet quite, especially now that I'm off and I'm not probably mm-hmm. burning as many calories right now as I would be in a normal training session. Um, I have to watch my diet more back, now yeah. because I don't want to get out of shape. <laughs> I want to stay in shape for when I... Yeah, I don't yeah exactly. And I want to be ready for when I'm do, called upon they? as well. So, I think it's going to be, we might get two um, weeks if you're lucky and if you bang out of shape, you're going to have no, to exactly. so, to be able to, you'll be able to do it. So, yeah, yeah. De- definitely keep on strapping. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. but even even like even if I wasn't a footballer, I still want to stay in shape mm. because mentally it's great to feel better. You feel much better about yourself and happier. Like um, obviously you you teach clients and stuff, and they feel great when they're healthier. So it's um, mm. yeah, I think it's just the, the way. Yeah, no, most definitely. It I, should I be anyway. In that sense, just you look after even the right anyway. sort of foods has a it helps your mental state massively. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. Sometimes you just think because yeah, you're eating better, 100%. you just feel better about yourself. Is there's that element, but then there's also the nutrition side, where the certain foods give you the right sort yeah. of vitamins, minerals, etc., fats yeah. and stuff that are going to put you in, in different head spaces. So, I think, yeah, I think yeah, I think it can really help people and in, in like if they don't really do much in a day and they're not working at the moment and it's a bit depressing. And I think just eating well can can make you like yeah no definitely kind of make you happy i suppose Mad. one thing i wanted to touch I on and big... this is something that i ask a lot yeah. of people and it'd be interesting to get your take on it being obviously a, a professional like you are in terms of um pre-match meal like what what would be the last thing or the last couple of things that you'd eat before a meal because everyone seems to have their own individual um ideas of it or what works best for them i know you mentioned you're a nutritionist i'm sure they have a bit of a part to play but ultimately it's up to you what you um what you mm-hmm. take on and stuff what, what would be your let's let's go from when you wake up saturday morning you got a three o'clock kickoff it's just okay so i'll, I'll start it on thursday yeah. so thursday friday i would carb load before a game if i know i'm gonna play i would carb load before a game so thursday night i'd have some carbs for dinner friday I would eat 
in the morning I'd probably have a normal breakfast, just go into training, eat normally. I'd normally have like mm. some egg, egg on toast and a bit of fruit and stuff. And lunch I'd eat, add a few bits of carbs in and stuff. And then dinner I would have, I don't know, like a chilli or a what, Friday night? pasta. Normally for me I have chilli like yeah. con carne with rice because I eat that it, yeah, every Friday night I have that. Like, I've, I was one of my favorite meals. So, and I feel like I'm energized Saturday when I come to it. As long as I don't have too much, I think that's that's what I would that's what I do on Friday. Um, sure. But when we go to hotels and we've got an away game, it's a bit different. Um, we'd eat at the hotel, very nice food and stuff. But maybe I'd have salmon, uh, some pasta, maybe a bit of chicken as well. Um, then I'd have some cereal at night. And then in the morning, I'd I wouldn't come down for breakfast on an away game. I would come down for pre-match, which would be about le- half eleven, twelve o'clock, and I'd have chicken what, together, fish and chicken uh, together, salmon maybe again, oh, either one of the two. That only works in like. No, nah, I'd have either one of the two. Sometimes I would. Sometimes I would have two. Yeah, sometimes I have had two, but at half eleven in the morning, I don't really want to stomach both of them, so. Uh, I'd have some rice and stuff, and then I'd play the game at three. If I was sure. at home, that was if I was away an away game at a hotel. If I was at home, I would probably have I have beans on toast. I have egg with beans. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think about it too much. Uh, I just yeah, try yeah. and have food that's not going to make me get stomachache when I'm in the middle of a game. So nothing too acidic like fruit and stuff uh nothing too heavy uh just maybe just a just some carbs some general carbs and and i have like caffeine and stuff before games like a caffeine shot um which gets me yeah we have like these caffeine yeah like a pre-workout caffeine like a little red one i can't remember nutrition x um they do caffeine shots and stuff, and we have like, we have them available at the stadium. So mm. I'd have one of those before I go out, and I'd take on an electrolyte drink as well, um, and uh, and sip on water, and that would be me before the game. And I'd, at half time, I'd have a, a gel, like a thingy that. gel. Where's all, then, where's yeah, all that would get me through the game. Um, like, yeah, so before the game, that would be me. To, to bring the oranges at half time, and you'd look forward to it. <laughs> and it seems, it's gone out of the game, hasn't it? The oranges. Yeah, there's I think the odd change room. There's some Jelly oranges. Beans, there's loads yeah. of fruit flying about. There's sweets in there if you want to take sweets on. I don't. Jelly babies, you've got your Jaffa cakes and that. Um, it's, I don't do any of that. I just keep to the water and the the drinks and the the shots. But yeah, really? stick to what I know. I think people take Pro Plus tablets to get going. Um, yeah, all sorts of people take. Um, I think I can't remember they do Maxi Muscle do a a, a thingy ball. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, like a yeah, to get you going and stuff. Um, don't eat at all. Yeah, people have different routines. Some people don't eat. Uh, no way. I'd say I've I've heard of one or two people not eating much at all. Man, like literally having just going on coffee. And stuff, but uh, personally, I um, don't think I could do that. I think I've never yeah. been one to have a big bowl of pasta before yeah. home, like two three hours before because for me it just sits on me. Um, and it's just nah. I get it the night before, like like you say, carb load and stuff a couple yeah. of days before and stuff, and get the carbohydrates in your in your system and stuff. But for me, I'm I'm similar to yourself in terms of like just keep sticking to what you know. Try not to come off piece too much. Maybe some oats or something. Um, 
but yeah, you don't yeah. Wanna, you don't want to overthink it, I guess, do you? Some people get yeah. No, you just stick. Uh, yeah, overthinking is probably the worst thing you can do, and mm. you end up taking loads and loads of carbs, and then you're like, oh, I feel heavy now, and you're going to the toilet before games and things. You're thinking, I don't feel great here, but and you feel stiff on the pitch. But I think if you if something works for you, then use it, stick to it, because that's what your body is. You're only your body mm. is only doing what you're telling it to do and what you're putting in it. So like that's what I just stick to it and then that's my routine I stick to my routine and I have two routines one for away games and one yeah, for home definitely. games so I I've stick seen. to those and I probably always will so um, I think that's what a lot of footballers have superstitions and a lot of I think athletes in sports people have superstitions and routines the routine's a massive thing in sports so I think yeah yeah it's, it's a lot of mind games and a lot of yeah, most Men, definitely. That mental side that they say really. like is eighty percent. Um, so cool. So just touching on obviously yeah. you you played pretty much from a kid. Um, played at some some big clubs as well. In terms of like fitness and stuff, who who do you think's the fittest player you played against? Other thing, you played some players, didn't you? Fittest player I've ever played against. Oh, I played against some decent players. Um, fitness wise. Fitness-wise, me as a winger playing against a fit fullback is who bombs up and down and wants to attack all the time and takes mm. me back defending. One thing you don't want to do it's is probably it? the worst thing for a winger. Um, I've played. Not don't really want to be going all the way back every single time. Uh, I think any winger will admit that. I can't think of any names. Uh, there's been some. There's been some. There has been a few. That's why I know. Trying to think. What, really. what about like people you play with? Might have come back to me on that question. The, <laughs> uh, the fittest in my team, looking at, looking at right now, I'd say the fullbacks are very fit. We've got a lad called Ben Whiteman. He's be quite right. fit. He's the captain. He plays in the, the centre mid. Um, yeah, he's he's good. Uh, mm. Generally, we've actually got a very very fit and healthy squad. We've got young lads, a lot of young lads, and uh, the older lads are all fit as well. Um, I think yeah, we score a lot of our goals in the last ten minutes, which is proof of fitness. Um, mm. So we are. We're, so we're while, while we're drilled, talking about we're, people, you've we're in good condition. Against, I suppose we've got to talk about the famous picture that you you always want to show everyone. So yeah. back in your West Ham days, you you had the would it be opportunity or you <laughs> fell into an opportunity where you played with with the Argentina squad and obviously you played with Messi. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, it was a bit surreal to be honest. Uh, Messi, he's are you? My, I think he's the best player to ever live. So yeah, I'm I'm team Messi. Although I do mm. love Ronaldo as well. I'm obsessed with his documentary and stuff, but. Um, no, we were in training one day. Yeah. I think I was about 18, 19 at the time. 19, I think I was 19, going on 20 at the time. And uh, they said, um, they sat us down, they were like, uh, after training, they were like, all oh, right, tomorrow, boys, um, Argentina are coming in to train. And we were like, all oh, right, what was that, Argentina under 23 team or something <laughs> like that? And they were like, they just casually said, no, 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 it's the first team. And we were like, what? what? What are you going about? Is that like, basically they were using Argentina were using Upton Park Stadium where we were at the time 
to play oh, against yeah. Croatia in a friendly, just a friendly in London. Um, yeah, on a on a on a night and evening game, and they needed Croatia and Argentina both needed the training ground to train on, and on the day that we were in, Argentina were going to be there. So we were like, right. So that means all the big boys are going to be there then: Messi, Aguero, Di Maria, everyone. And they were like, yeah, they will be there. So then they said, look, they've asked. Argentina manager has asked and said that the representatives of the, the <laughs> squad have asked if we can play against them in a training match because they need opposition. So we were like, oh yeah, we'll do that. And um, so yeah, we all arrived next day. Obviously, all their co- their team coach arrived. Mascherano, Messi, and, and all them boys getting off the coach. Tevez, Mascherano, um, yeah, they were all there. Di Maria. Lamella, they were, I think, Levetsi, they're all there. And, um, yeah, Javi Pastore was there, I think, as well. And, um, yeah, they said, look, we've got, we're going to put our starting 11 up against you. So I started right wing, I think. And, yeah, Messi was over on the right wing for them, upside the pitch to me. And I think I was up against Di Maria and Jesus. Uh, centre back called Fazio at Tottenham at the time. Um, yeah, and it was pretty surreal, and we video lost five nil. Yeah, I did get a touch actually. I've got a video. All oh, right, I've got that. a video. Of, I've got a video of me being of me being fouled. Yeah, I bet you. And Messi went and scored after that, so I'll keep that video forever. But um, no, they beat us five nil in the end. But it was it was very it was yeah it was very good. It was it was a great experience, and I get asked a lot about it as well. But to be able to say I played against him. I've, yeah, to be able to say know. I met him is I bet great. He smells then like say I played against him like, even better. His, so. his whole aura just seems like unreal. <laughs> just the thing about him, he's very he's very small. Uh, when I speak any English really, and what I notice just in things that look things that are very hard to do, like bringing the ball under control when it's bobbling in front of you and receiving a ball on the, on the half Sticks turn in different glue. angles he could just do effortlessly completely effortlessly just literally stick to him like glue and it would be could do it so, so easily that's one of your, your highlights those, would you say those things there are just it's great to watch live so obviously we, you've had some you've had some oh, good times in yeah, sport is, there, is there times that you can pick up that you know have been low points for you with clubs and stuff Uh yeah, like I think they say there's more lows and highs in football. Uh, some uh, some degree, I I do agree at some some of it. Uh, times mm. when you're not playing uh, and you're not in the squad, where I had at Peterborough, where I deserved to be in the squad, but I wasn't in the squad because I wasn't worth anything. Like mm. I came in as on like for free on trial. I was just back up really, even though I was performing way better than a lot of people in the team or in training and in, mm. in games behind closed doors, I was still not in the squad. So the low times for me were then, uh, but I've since gone back and proved... Seems to be a thing for you, isn't it? When you play Peter right now, you seem to back. to be in that squad. Uh, yeah, I think every single game, every single game, all three games, I think I've three games, that, four goals, scored London Road and at our stadium a few times. So, no, yeah, it's not not that they yeah, gone down great with them, but I couldn't I, I couldn't get a less anyway. But what they what they think, yeah, I don't care about that. But um, 
it's funny to be fair. I do like it. It's, it's a bit of banter. It's good banter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's all light-hearted stuff. Like I'm never serious yeah, with it. So, uh, it's just nice to prove people wrong. Do you know what I mean? So I think everybody loves proving people wrong and it's a great feeling. So um, yeah, that, that was low point being there. Um, maybe when at West Ham and you feel like you're doing well and you're pushing through and you deserve a chance and, in the first team like we trained with the first team every day but mm. getting a chance up there never came just never came for a lot of the lads in my team because we just weren't the type of player that they were looking for at the time I think it was Sam Allardyce the manager good, good manager proven manager but just wasn't the, we just weren't sure. the type of players that he was kind of after at that time we were fighting relegation at points in the season so to bring a young lad in it takes a lot of like it's not going to happen much um, yeah, there's been low points losing the cup final in Ireland. We won the year before in the cup final at the Aviva, then we lost in the second. Yeah, the penalty one was we won on penalties that first year, and then second year I took a penalty in, in, normal, in normal time and I scored there to make it 1 1, but we ended up losing in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. I suppose. Um, um... That would be a low point. Well. I know um, there's a lot of stuff in the media as well. Yeah. You know, mental health in football and stuff. I know, um, like, Lee Hendry at Villa, he was a massive one for it. Yeah. He's been very open about, like, some of the low points and how low he got and stuff. Are you finding that clubs are helping you on that side of things now? A lot yeah. More? Yeah. Like, I suppose... Big clubs like Premier League clubs, European clubs, I think they've got the facilities and the finances to be able to have psychologists uh, working in a club full time. And it's probably easier to get help there for people that do struggle. Um, There are people now that work privately, private psychologists that I know one or two that I could, I I would speak to. I'm I'm fine, like mentally, I'm fine, but. I would just speak about like maybe different mm-hmm. issues in a game. Like I think we can speak about confidence issues, self doubt, um, all sorts of things. Really, um, I know I know people. Yeah, have talked out and mm-hmm. come out about how they suffer from mental health issues and and things like that. And yeah, I guess I think there could be more help. Yeah, for some people. Um, obviously, it's hard for me to say sure, no, to anything yeah. because I don't. I've never suffered from anything too bad, touch touch wood, that I never do. But I can understand, sure. yeah, I can fully understand why people do like suffer from uh, things like that in sport because it's a very competitive, it's a very cutthroat industry. Um, you've got to be very mm. mentally strong to deal with some of the people well, and some of the decisions it? that are made in, in football. Uh, yeah, you've got to like, it's, it's I, I'm fine with it because like, I can deal with it, but if you play a game, this is the reality of it, really. If you play a game, you you always look as a footballer and as a, an athlete who's performing in front of crowds. You're always looking for praise from people. You're always looking for people to say you did well. And someone saying, "Oh, you had a good game today," it could mean the world to some people. Like that could make their day, and they could be happy off that. But there's people that will search their name on into Twitter after a game and they'll see fans who might not mm-hmm. even been at the game battering them, like caning them, saying things that you wouldn't dream of saying to somebody yeah. if you went into a shop and spoke to somebody like that. 
you would never dream of saying anything like that. And that actually does ruin people. It ruins confidence. And it, yeah, it, it can take a massive, it can be a, take, it can have a massive effect on players and people. Um, it's not right that people are, should go online and do that. Um, because I think the thing is, if you are seen to reply to those people Definitely. and say something back, you kind of get made out mm-hmm. to be the bad person. And I think that's wrong. Um, I think, yeah. So there are there are people that do struggle a lot with that. I've I've known a few people to I've seen them in, right in front of me do it, where they've gone and searched their name, and I know mm-hmm. it's not going to end well because they might have made a mistake in a game, and I know they're going to be crucified for it by a complete randomer who might not even know anything about football. Um, it's normally the knowledgeable ones that don't go mm-hmm. and write stuff on Twitter. It's normally the ones that don't really know much and maybe had a bet on the game and they lost the bet because of it and they start caning people. Honestly, it's happened. I get, a lot, I get a load of messages mad, like, in my... <laughs> yeah, like asking me to pay their money back and things like that. Honestly, you get crazy, crazy things sent to you and kids and that who would say all sorts of things about you. Um, I suppose it's um yeah it's it's I suppose it's, it's footballers weird. like they're, it they're weird. it's a strange time like, you know millionaires that don't don't have that kind of element of of mental health because their life's perfect on the outside because you see them on telly for for an hour and a half yeah. and I suppose people just don't think before they yeah. jump on Twitter and I, I'm sure in my younger days someone's let me down of a bet and I've crucified them on Twitter but it's not till you're older that you realise that actually you don't know that how it's affected the person they might, yeah. they might not have even seen it but it's crazy. Yeah, you don't know how that message is. Yeah, you don't know how that message is gonna, is what they're gonna think when you see it. Like when they see that message, it's just because mm. they're already feeling maybe crap in themselves that they played a crap game. Scott, from they Canada, know that themselves, and then to go on and lost maybe think, oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Like you might go on and say, maybe I'll go on and see if anybody did think, oh, maybe I did mm. play all right. And then they get even, they get battered even more. It's just like, I don't know. Like, so I yeah. think a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of players delete their Twitter because of it. Um, I think personally, for me, I've, I'm fine. I can laugh things off. I've seen all sorts of uh, comments about myself before, and yeah. I don't mind. I, I quite, I find it quite funny to be fair. That because I, I know, I know, mm. I know when I've made a mistake. I know when I've got a really crap game. Not I can admit that. They don't have the. Um, self-straight yeah, so no no I, I, no, I suppose I'm, it's something yeah, yeah it's definitely right, something I can that, deal with that stuff um, it's fine but, I've kind uh, of yeah. grew especially for my members and stuff it's not just about kind of what you look like on when you go ocean beach with the boys and stuff it's also about kind of you know you might you might achieve a goal whether it be a yeah. pounds weight loss or whatever it may be but you feel better about yourself and that has a knock-on effect um, and I think the more that I indulge into to people in terms of like my boot camps and stuff and my online training it's not just about you know losing a pound on the scale it's also about how you feel in yourself um and i feel that's how sort of fitness yeah. and stuff is is changing a lot um it's really it's really really interesting mate definitely but a lot of people yeah. can be their own worst enemy but i suppose you've just got to no you've got to um you've got to work out what kind of oh, things you've got yeah. in your life and just pretty much remove them and that's what i found growing up like when i first started my fitness stuff and i, I remember the first couple of weeks that yeah. i started my, even just a fitness account on instagram and you get you get people that claim to be your mates and they're just battering you like they're banned yeah. but it's like you don't know how that you can you can take that in a completely yeah. different way and 
I think yeah. as I've as I've got older, my my kind of circle's got a bit smaller, and yeah. I, the, there's not many people now that I wouldn't say that are in my circle that just don't support what I do. Obviously, we all have banter and stuff, and we throw things out there. Boys would be boys, but the majority of them are very very supportive, and, yeah. and you realise that as you get older, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Like you learn who to trust and things like that. Um, yeah, like I think the slightest nice comment or positive comment you mm-hmm. can you make to somebody can can make their day do you know what i mean like it can mean the world to them they can they can feel oh i'm progressing here i'm kind of like i'm on my on my on route to my reach my target and uh that that small comment can make them yeah, definitely can change i don't know it can change some people can change their life do you know what i mean so feeling good about themselves and knowing they're achieving something because they might not like they might come from completely different backgrounds to somebody else and you don't know what they've gone through in their life and I think it can be you can easily offend somebody from Amazing, a silly mate. comment no, that doesn't mean something to you but means a lot to them I appreciate you coming out and being very honest with your career and and um and about your fitness and stuff I, I do appreciate it man and I, obviously I wish you all the best um with hopefully getting back yeah. in the football field as soon as you can and and line it up. I know you've got big ambitions with your career and you're at that age now where you want to kick on. So I wish you all the best in that sense, mate. And obviously I'll, yeah. be, I'll be keeping an eye on you every step of the way, mate. And you owe me some tickets for them free passes I gave you at the gym. <laughs> Top man, mate. You look after yourself. You I'll get, get you tickets, mate. And, uh, I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming on. Well, so that was episode one of SR Fitness 365 podcast with Kieran Sadlier. Um, yeah, I appreciate him opening up as much as he did in terms of, you know, the mental health side, his diet, um, you know, fitness, lockdown. It's, it's amazing to get a bit more of an insight as to, to what it's like to be a Premier League footballer. So thanks very much for listening. If you have listened, then please um, give us a follow, give us a subscribe and pass this on to a friend. Um, pass on the pod, I guess it's called, isn't it? But yeah, thanks very much for listening and stay tuned for episode two. Thank you.